Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. We have been going through spiritual lessons from some of the women in history that have most deeply impacted my life. And today I want to take a slight detour and highlight spiritual lessons from the life of Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor is known as the father of modern missionaries. He was really a pioneer missionary to China. And our oldest son, Hudson, is named after Hudson Taylor. So this particular missionary has really had an impact on our family's life and my life personally. And I feel like a lot of things in his story really can encourage us in what many of us may be facing today. Before we jump in, I wanted to remind you that space is quickly filling for our Set Apart Conference, which is coming up the first weekend in June, June 3rd through 5th in Windsor, Colorado at our Ellerslie campus. I would love to see you there. There are still some spots left, but it is quickly filling. So if you're interested in joining us in person, go to setapartgirl.com to learn more or just click the link in this podcast description. You can also stream a simulcast of the conference and you'll have access to the sessions all throughout the year. So That is a great way to join us from a distance and even to share this set-apart message with other women in your life. We've had people who have hosted a church full of women to stream the simulcast and some that just have a handful in their living room and some that just watch by themselves at their computer with their Bible and their journal. So it's a great way to join us if you can't make it to Colorado. Just go to setapartgirl.com to learn more or click the link to the conference in this podcast description. I hope you can join us this year. Really excited for the theme, which is abiding in Christ. So let's look at Hudson Taylor's story. Hudson Taylor is known as the father of modern missions. He spent 51 years in China. The ministry that he began was responsible for bringing over 800 missionaries to the country who began 125 schools and directly resulted in about 18,000 Christian conversions. He also established more than 300 mission stations of work with more than 500 local workers in all 18 provinces. So this was in the 18, early 1900s. And one historian said about Hudson Taylor, no other missionary in the 19th century since the Apostle Paul has ever had and has carried out a more systemized plan of evangelizing a broad geographical area than Hudson Taylor. Now, you may think that Hudson just was born as this extraordinary person, and he was just very well suited to do, doing something so big and so epic. But actually, all of this incredible ministry began with his mother's prayer for him when he was a teenager. He was sort of floundering in his spiritual life. Even though he had been raised in a Christian home, he had had a secular job and his friends had kind of pulled him away from the faith. And when he was about 16 years old, he just really had no spiritual passion. His mother was so deeply burdened for him that she realized she needed to cry out to God to see a breakthrough in his life spiritually. She was visiting some friends one weekend and she decided to lock herself in the guest room and not engage with anyone and just get on her knees and wrestle in prayer for her son's salvation. And she decided she is not going to get up from her knees until she knows that her prayer has been heard. And that's a pretty bold way for a mother to pray. She began to realize that no amount of hoping or wishful thinking was going to rescue her son's soul. She needed to go petition the king of all kings. And she wanted to cry out in wrestling prayer, persistent prayer, as we see all throughout the, the parables that Jesus told. So she did that. And she began to have the assurance after about a day of praying that Hudson had given his life to Christ. Meanwhile, elsewhere, Hudson Taylor was at home without much to do. And he wandered into to his father's study and happened to see a tract, a Christian tract, 
sitting on the bookshelf and he grabbed it and started just absentmindedly flipping through it. And somehow the words of that track arrested his thinking, his soul, his heart. And he fell on his knees in that study and surrendered his life to Christ. And it wasn't just, uh, Lord, forgive me for my sins, but it was a complete surrendering of his entire life and a decision to offer himself fully to the service of God. So, so his mother's prayers were powerfully answered exceedingly abundantly beyond all that she could ask or think. And I want to just stop there and encourage any of you who might be listening who have someone in your life that you feel is just floundering spiritually, whether it's a child or a spouse or a friend or a sibling, someone in your life that you are burdened for, but you feel like you really don't know how to reach their heart. So often we want to rush into those situations and try to use human wisdom to win them over. And we fail to go to the true source of breakthrough, which is petitioning the king of all kings. Hudson Taylor's mother knew how to go to the right source. And she didn't just kind of pray a few flimsy general prayers for her son. She wrestled in prayer until she felt assured that the breakthrough had come. We can be confident that when we are praying something that is according to the will of God, the salvation of a soul, the spiritual awakening, the spiritual awakening of someone in our life, that God hears and answers those prayers. A lot of us just don't really want to put in the time or the faith or the energy to wrestle in prayer until the breakthrough comes, or maybe we don't really believe that we'll be heard. But I think it's so powerful to see how God didn't just save her son, but he saved millions of unsaved throughout the world because of the ministry that Hudson Taylor would eventually have. So fast forward in his story, he was preparing to go to China. He was trying to get some medical training because he knew that on the mission field, it would really come in useful to have medical training. So he was studying under a doctor, but he was in a situation where back in that time, they didn't really know how to prevent the spread of germs and disease. There was a lot of plague going around and he found himself in a situation where he was exposed to a very deadly plague through the medical study that he was doing. And once they found out what he had, as he started to get sick with this disease, they said, there is no way you're going to survive this. Go home and get your affairs in order. Say goodbye to your family and prepare to die. And imagine how you would feel. You you feel a call to the mission field. You feel a very purposeful call of God on your life. And now you're being told that you're not even going to live for, you know, past the next few days. He was laying in bed very, very, very seriously ill. But he was saying to himself, unless I am greatly mistaken, I am called to China and this sickness will not hinder me from the call of God on my life. And so in faith, he laid there with no strength at all and said, I will recover from this because God has a purpose for my life. I am called to China. And miraculously, he did recover. And he very weakly got up out of bed a day or two later and made his way down the street. He said he had to stop very often to hold on to the sides of of doors and windows just to make his way down the street. But God gave him his strength back. And really, all the preparation to go to China was was constantly filled with tests of faith like that. When he was on the ship heading over onto one of his first mission trips there, the ship wasn't expected that the ship could make it. It was going to crash. And they were sailing past an island that had native people who were cannibals and the cannibals could see that the ship was in trouble and that it was going to crash on their shoreline and they began to light their fires in anticipation and so again Hudson Taylor said I am called to China and this ship is not going to crash he began to pray and stand in faith and miraculously the wind changed at the very last second 
So God began to show himself faithful to Hudson Taylor time and time again, even when the enemy tried to put up barriers. And I think that has been such an important lesson for myself, for my husband, as we have stepped out in ministry to understand that, yes, the enemy will try to hinder us from what God has called us to. But when we stand in faith and we say the the power of God is so much greater and no weapon formed against us can prosper when we are in Christ, it is amazing to see how God will turn what the enemy meant for evil into a testimony of his faithfulness. So if you're in a situation where you feel that barriers and roadblocks are being thrown in your way from what God has called you to, you can stand assured that if God has a purpose for your life and you stand in faith, that he will protect you, provide for you, make a way for you. The enemy cannot hinder that purpose. Later in Hudson Taylor's story, he really felt that he was supposed to bring missionaries over to China. It was a very dangerous place to be. There were wars, there was violence, there was disease. It was not a safe place for foreigners to be. And he had a lot of missionaries who were women or families that had women and children. And at the time, it was really considered dangerous and unwise to send women, especially single women, into such a dangerous place. But yet these women were equipped for missionary work. They were willing. They were ready to radically give their lives. He knew that many of them could suffer and even die by going into the interior of China. But he really felt like God was causing him to become a catalyst to send missionaries to this country that was so unreached by the gospel. He went through sort of a crisis of soul where he was racked with doubt and worrying about sending new missionaries into the unprotected interior. But at the same time, he was despairing for the millions of Chinese people who were dying without the hope of the gospel. So in 1865, he wrote in his diary, for two or three months, intense conflict, thought I would lose my mind. A friend invited him to the south coast of England to Brighton for a break. And it was there while walking along the beach that Taylor had a a breakthrough, a shift of perspective. He said, there the Lord conquered my unbelief and I surrendered myself to God for this service. I told him that all responsibility as to the issues and consequences must rest with him, that as his, that as his servant, it was mine to obey and to follow him. And that was an incredible breakthrough to not hold the burden of responsibility, but to entrust that back to God and say, Lord, whatever you've called me to, I surrender to it. And I trust you to protect these missionaries. Only you can protect them. Only you can be what they need. I can't be that to them. And because there continue to be so many Chinese people to reach, Taylor instituted a radical policy. He sent unmarried women into the interior of China, which was very much criticized by other missionaries and people in the church. But Taylor's boldness knew no bounds. In 1881, he asked God for another 70 missionaries by the close of 1884, and he actually got 76. In late 1886, Taylor prayed for another 100 missionaries within a year. And by November of 1887, he announced 102 candidates had been accepted for service. His leadership style created a lot of strain among other missionaries and criticism, but Taylor said this, China is not to be won for Christ by quiet, ease-loving men and women. The stamp of men and women we need is such as will put Jesus, China, and souls first and foremost in everything and at every time. Even life itself must be secondary. 
And of course, this is a biblical perspective. Jesus says those who cling to their lives will lose them. Those who seek to lose their life for the sake of the gospel will find them. But very few people are willing to fully live that out. Hudson Taylor was one of the few. He had deep convictions about the Great Commission. He didn't feel like sharing the gospel was just sort of an optional part of the Christian life. He believed as Christians, we are supposed to lay everything on the altar for the sake of spreading the good news of the gospel. He wrote this, when I get to China, I will have no claim on anyone for anything. My claim will be alone in God. I must learn before I leave England to move men through God by prayer alone. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. And one of his other quotes, which I've used many times, has been very, very convicting to me. He wrote, it will not do to say you have no special call to the mission field. With these facts before you and God's call to go and preach the gospel to every creature, you need rather to ascertain whether you have a special call to stay at home. And whether or not we are called to overseas missionary work, every single one of us is called to be an ambassador for the gospel. And it's very easy, I think, in our modern, comfortable American culture to hide behind this idea, well, mission work or evangelism or sharing the gospel is for special Christians who have a special call. Hudson Taylor believed it was the calling of every child of God. And that, of course, again, is a biblical concept. He was just willing to live it out more boldly than most of us would be. How did Hudson Taylor handle the pressures of pioneer missionary work? He went against the grain. He went where others wouldn't go. He did things that others wouldn't do. And here are a few of his quotes that just really showcase his dependency upon Jesus Christ, his dependency upon the spirit of God, because most other men in his situation would burn out, would give up, would even lose their mind. But he really showcased the fact that it was not his work. It was the power of Christ in him doing the work. And here are a few quotes that illustrate that. All God's giants have been weak men who did great things for God because they reckoned on God being with them. That is so powerful. It is really, really easy for us to look at men and women who did incredible exploits for the glory of God and think that they were strong in and of themselves. He's actually saying all of God's giants have been weak. They did great things for God because they reckoned on God being with them. They understood the power, the presence of God was with them, and that is why they were successful in what they set out to do. He wrote this, It does not matter how great the pressure is. What really matters is where the pressure lies whether it comes between you and God or whether it presses you nearer to his heart. And then he wrote, when I cannot read, when I cannot think, when I cannot even pray, I can trust. And then one of my favorites about how he dealt with anxiety, because of course, there was a lot to be anxious about in a, in a dangerous situation like that. Missionaries were dying. Even some of his own family members died, including his wife and his daughter, because of the diseases that were there. I am no longer anxious about anything as I realize that he is able to carry out his will for me. It does not matter where he places me or how. That is for him to consider, not me. For in the easiest positions, he will give me grace. And in the most difficult ones, his grace is sufficient. Again, we often think that heroic Christian work is for special Christians, but it is so obvious that people like Hudson Taylor were ordinary men, ordinary women who surrender to an extraordinary God. Hudson Taylor and Mary Slessor and all the others that we have been studying, they were not successful in their work for God because they were striving and trying to do something big. They were successful because of their heart of absolute surrender. So I would like to challenge each of us to ask ourselves, are we willing to expand our vision for what God can do in our lives? 
It doesn't matter what special skills we have, what special qualifications we have. All it takes is a willing, surrendered, prayerful, expectant heart. Your story, the calling on your life might be very different than Hudson Taylor's, but some of those core principles can be the same. That willingness to lay everything down for the sake of Christ and the gospel, the willingness to boldly go where others refuse to go by the grace and the courage and the enabling power of God, and that willingness to surrender instead of strive and lay all anxiety and pressure aside and say, Lord, you will give me everything I need. Those are important lessons no matter what we're called to. It could be discipling our own family or witnessing to coworkers or sharing the truth with our neighbor next door, we still need those same heavenly tools to be successful in the work that God has called us to do. Remember, we serve the same God that Hudson Taylor served, and he is willing to show himself just as powerfully in our lives when we are willing to trust him. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. For more inspiration on Set Apart Living, I encourage you to visit our website at setapartgirl.com. There are many resources for you there that can propel you forward into a Christ-centered life. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-filled week.